As we opened up this series, we were setting up camp, preparing to hear from God. Let's return back there and jump back into the scene. Moses had received some words from God. He has spoken them to the people and they promised to obey, but they fell into mischief. They broke the very first commandment given by God found in Exodus 23, which read, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What does that mean? We're going to find out today. Hey friend, welcome to the Shattered in a Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. Through biblical content, I will teach you how to experience whole healing and soar into great purpose. So let's get into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Hey friends, this is Jeannie Smith. Welcome back to the show. So today we're talking about what does it mean to return back to our first love? Our scripture of focus is Revelation 2, 4, which says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Even though the Israelites had seen the invisible God in action, they still wanted to elevate the gods they could see. They wanted to obey God when it was convenient and ignore him when it was not. We are no different. Over and over, God showed his mercy and love for them, but they trampled on it. God could not work within them when they chose to elevate themselves or idols above him. Moses pleaded for the people. In Exodus 34, God tells Moses to climb to the top of Mount Sinai. God gives him specific instructions and Moses obeys. God meets Moses and reveals his character. In Exodus 34, 6 and 7, it reads, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I find it humbling. A holy God did not give Moses a vision of his power and majesty, but rather of his love. Over and over, God tried to teach them how to obey and live as holy people. Over and over, God provided for complaining people. Moses was faithful to pray for them, but in Numbers 14, 18, as he reminds us of the characteristics of God, he also reminds us, by no means does God clear the guilty. God condemned the people to wander for 40 years in the desert. God went on to say in Numbers 14, 21, 22, But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swore unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. Wow, we serve a good but just God. The people of Israel had a clearer view of God than any people before them. They had his laws and his presence. Their refusal to follow God after witnessing his miraculous deeds and listening to his voice and words made the judgment more severe. As I studied these passages, God gave me compassion for the Israelites. In Exodus 6, 9, it reads, Moses spoke to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. 
The Israelites did not have the ability to believe the promises of God because of what they had gone through. I wonder what you may be going through right now. I wonder if your spirit is broken. Maybe you feel like there is no hope for you because of your lifestyle. Maybe you have endured so much pain you don't know how to believe or not sure you believe in anything at all. Maybe just like the Israelites, you don't have the ability to believe the promises of God. The Israelites had been in slavery. They had endured a lot. They did have a broken spirit, but God wanted to replace their broken spirit with freedom and purpose. He walked closely with them. What does purpose look like for you? In what area of your life do you need freedom? Our culture has learned to live in slavery. It breaks my heart to see so many stuck in slavery and not able to progress to their promised land. The greatest weapon you have to live in freedom is in your mind. Paul put it like this, Do you know that if you present yourself to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you, who were once slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. Romans six sixteen through 18 Friends, where the Spirit is, freedom is. In John eight thirty one, Jesus says, If you hold to my teaching, you will really be my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Again, he speaks in verse 34. Truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Do you want to have a legacy of freedom or captivity? Right now, in this very moment, God wants to offer you a first-class ticket to a brand new life. He wants to give you purpose and freedom. So how do you move forward into purpose and freedom and healing that makes you eager to jump out of bed every morning? The answer was spoken by King Solomon, who was considered to be the wisest, richest man that ever lived. After reflecting upon his entire life, he said everything was meaningless except these words. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, whether it is good or evil. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 through 14. So, as we sit together before the mount, what is God asking you to do? Is your life marked by obedience to God and his word? Can he count on you to respond to his will? Some will march courageously and obediently into God's plans and purposes, while others wander meaninglessly. Let's consider Joshua. The good news is Israel does enter into the promised land. God spoke to Moses and instructed him in Numbers 27, 18. Take thee Joshua, the son of Nun, a man full of spirit, and lay your hands upon him. Moses obeyed and appointed Joshua as his successor. When Moses was near in his last days, he commissioned Joshua, and the change in leadership began. Now, let's talk about that love relationship between Moses and God that's available for you and I today with our Heavenly Father. Let's talk about returning back to our first love. Just before Moses died, he went up from the plains of Moab and climbed Mount Nebo. Moses was not allowed to enter into the promised land because of his disobedience to God, recorded in Numbers 20:11. Although he could not enter, God in his mercy showed him its beauty from the peak of Mount Nebo. 
And Deuteronomy 34, 4, the Lord said to Moses, This is the land I swore unto Abraham and to Isaac and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have allowed you to see it with your own eyes, but you will not go there. Scripture tells us next that Moses died in the land of Moab, and God himself buried him in a valley in the land of Moab. No man still today knows of his burial place. Can you imagine the love God had for Moses? How honoring that God himself would choose to bury his servant Moses. It is no surprise to me in Jude 1 9 that we are told Michael the archangel had to fight the devil over Moses' body. When I read this story, I tear up because I can sense in my spirit the love. God was his father, but they were also friends. It was a love relationship reciprocated. Moses was 120 years old when he died. He is known as Israel's greatest prophet. When I think about what defines Moses as such a great leader, I think of his love for God and his obedience. Because of his obedience, Moses saw great signs and wonders. He spoke directly to God and God spoke directly to him. God stood with him, walked with him. Even though Moses didn't see God's face, he did see and experience God. There was never another prophet chosen to experience God this way, but yet he still was disciplined because of his disobedience. So it is true. We receive blessings for obedience and we are disciplined for disobedience. When we discipline our children because of their disobedience, we don't do it because we want them to suffer. No, we do it out of love, and so does our Heavenly Father. After the death of Moses, God called Joshua. In Joshua chapter 1, God told him to arise and take all the people into the land he had promised. God told him to be strong and courageous, and he would prosper him. God's telling you that today, too. Be strong and courageous, and I will prosper you. Joshua could not be fearful or discouraged. Fear would have caused him to believe he could not overcome and have victory in what God called him to do. We are no different. Fear paralyzes us. Fear quenches the spirit and it keeps us from reaching our potential goal, our greatest potential. God knew we would have fear, which is why fear not is the most repeated commandment in the entire Bible. If Joshua would have fell captive to these thoughts, God would have found someone else to do the job. But no, Joshua stayed strong. He knew he could not lose with God on his side. And friends, the same goes for you and same for me. With God on our side, we will win every battle. We are purposed to win. We are purposed to overcome. We are purposed to succeed. Obedience is a matter of the heart. If your heart is pressing into God, he will fast track you into anything. In Revelation 3, 8, it reads, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. For you have a little strength, but you have kept my word, and you have not denied my name. Here Jesus is talking about the obedient church. If we are obedient to God, he will give us opportunities we never thought were possible. He will promote us. He will fight for us. He will uphold us. I love to tell stories. I love to read stories, especially those that are true. And in the Bible, we are given story after story, true stories that we can relate with that we can draw strength from today. If Moses could sit down with you right now, he would ask you to follow after the Lord God Almighty. He would ask you to obey him and love him above all other people. I want to ask you the same. Obedience is a gift. Obedience is a chance for us to experience an all-powerful God. Obedience unleashes power in your life. Through obedience, God answers prayers. The enemy will try and choke out your walk and growth with God, but don't let him do that. He will cause distractions. 
and create hindrances to keep you from reaching your full potential, to keep you from reaching your promised land with God. But don't let him. As we reflect upon just a few examples, I want you to consider what others might say about you. How will your story end? Through obedience, Noah built the ark. Through obedience, Abraham became the founder of the Jewish nation. Through obedience, Moses led God's people out of Egypt. Through obedience, Joshua led the Israelites into their God-given homeland. Through obedience, Paul established the church of Jesus Christ with both Jew and Gentile. Through obedience, John provided the identity of Jesus Christ and the revelation to the church. Through obedience, Jesus became the Lamb of God, taken on the sins of the world so no man would perish but have everlasting life in the presence of Almighty God. Now, I want you to do this for me. In your journal, write this sentence. Through obedience, draw a blank, put your name in the blank, and then finish the sentence. Through obedience, genie, dot, dot, dot. What is it that you will accomplish for God? What is it that he's calling you to do? I have learned so much about obedience, and I hope that you have too during this series. You know, I think it's God's way of changing people. I've certainly been changed, and I am certain that Moses and Joshua were changed. I have come to realize our assignments on this earth is our only opportunity to sacrifice and to give an offering to our Lord. We will never get these opportunities again, for in heaven there will be no need. In heaven, the trials, opportunities, and tests will all be over. In heaven, there will only be endless days of joy and praise. What a day it will be when our Jesus we shall see. Until that day comes, I am asking you to not forget God. Oh, how I love him. I love him. There is no greater friend I have. If you love him, he will make himself known to you in such an intimate way, just like he did Moses. He has not changed, and he desires your love. It is the greatest love affair you'll ever know. It is a love you can't fully comprehend. It is a love so undeserving, but he loves you anyways, and he just wants you to love him back. Return back to your love, to your first love. Our obedience to him is love. And today I want to challenge you that the first step of obedience is returning back to him. What does that look like for you? Do you just need to sit and pray with him? Is there something that you just need to repent of? Is there something that you just need to ask the Lord for? Do you just need to carve out time in that special place, that secret place to just sit in his presence so he can love on you? I want to encourage you today to return to your first love, Jesus. Let me introduce you to him. He is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Redeemer of all men, Light of the world, Most High God, and All-Sufficient One. He is Master, Lord of Peace, Eternal God. He is our Savior, and He is the Great I Am. And these are just a few of His mighty names. I know life is hard, and we can get really distracted. And it's easy to put Jesus on the back burner. Life sometimes comes at you, and it just takes over, and you don't mean to disregard Him. It just happens. It happened to me. I was busy, busy serving the Lord. The demands of the ministry filled my days, my hours, and my minutes, and there was really nothing left for him. Then one day, I finally got still enough to hear him say, You have forgotten me. You have forgotten your first love. I don't want your service. I want you. Can I just tell you that God has wonderful things prepared for you? 
can I just tell you that he is able to do immeasurably more than you ever thought or imagined. Walking with God like Moses did is incomparable. There is no greater friend that you could ever have. Take a stand-in position. Look out across the horizon. Can you see your promised land? Be strong and courageous and march boldly into your future, just like Joshua did. What is God asking you to do right now that will change your destiny? I know you can feel it rising up in you. You are ready. Return to your first love. Go. If you love me, keep my commandments. John fourteen fifteen. Take some time today and crawl up in your Abba Father's lap. Listen to his heartbeat. Listen to what he speaks and whispers to you. And you take pride in speaking and whispering to him as well. He is the greatest love. There you will find peace and hope and comfort for today. There you will find strength, purpose, and significance in him alone. Well, friends, I hope that today's word has encouraged your hearts, and I hope you have a wonderful week. I love you bunches. Remember, live life abundantly. If you like Mommy's show, leave a review. Hey, before you go, if this podcast has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the Shattered in the Beautiful show. Next, hop on over to the Shattered in the Beautiful private Facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration. You can reach me at JeannieScottSmith.com. And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way. Thank you.